part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. That's what I missed from listening to this podcast is the dancing. Do is there always dance when we start? We just, we were dancing. He says he usually misses seeing. Is us. there always dancing? Very often. Wow, yeah. quite, they're knocking over frequent. cups off the off the kitchen table. Very often, and knocking I knocking over chairs. I was just Ooh. bragging about how good I am at doing this with our digital video like setup. I'm really good at mm-hmm. pushing the buttons on the roadcaster. And then I got nervous, and, and I almost didn't turn it all the way up before I pushed oh, it. I thought you were going to say we have to start over. No. I was no, bragging no. so much, and now we're not even recording anything. We almost, In fact, it's all deleted. It was like I pushed record, I pushed the button, and just before yeah. the kids said, Welcome to the podcast, I realized that the volume was all the way down. And so I went, Wah! And, and Oh, you could tell. Right into place at the very last millisecond. Yes, you could tell. That was a good... It was good though. It's good level. The excitement was up. Did we lose John already? You could tell that it was. You could tell. No, it was, it was loud. That's all right though. That happens. Yes. That, it happens on the Starving Comic Show a lot. Yeah, Dad is frozen. No. Oh well. That seems to be a theme of things. But oh, anyway, well. how is? We don't do, need do him. we? <laughs> when we catch up, we catch up with each other here. Uh, what were you talking about? Oh, so you you had drama. <laughs> do you want to talk about drama or? Oh. Uh, Something it would take did. a long time to explain the drama that I was just catching dad up on. But basically just this dude who was calling out another dude in the Christian group. And it was awkward. Like, he Meet was, me in the private chat. That actually <laughs> you want to take this like, to the private chat? That's the new tough talk. If he had said You want to take this to the private chat? I would have been like, okay, I can, I kind of, that makes a little more sense. But it was weirdly feminine in that he used like 4,000 words and a ton of ellipses and was oh. just like making all of these random bunny trail like remarks. It was like the stream of conscious rant. And I was like, okay, this is awkward and weird. Do you feel like, I see that a lot. Do you feel like people just throw on the mic like they do that speech to text thing yes. on their phone, like they're driving along and they're just going, and another thing. And he's just yes. like, they're just driving in traffic and it's adding to their annoyance. Instead of, you know, we need to, we need to blow up all social media and go back to letter writing because yes. it takes, you. by the time you fold that piece of paper, you type it up. And then you fold the piece of paper, then you stick it in the envelope, then you lick it, and you're like, do I put this postage stamp that costs 35? Am I willing to pay 35 cents? 35? Isn't it like How much is it now? 55? That's how long it's been since he's written a letter. <laughs> I'm so old, I'm like, do I... Well, you're very- Do I spend a nickel? Do I spend my buffalo nickel? You're very I'm going to go down to the drugstore and get a soda. I got a shiny dime. <laughs> you're very Do you think people would, us, uh, would pay computers. 55 cents an opinion on social media? Do you think they would do yeah. that still? Yeah. yeah. I think they would. That's what we need. That's our. I don't know why I do this. Every time we get a podcast, I'm like, that's our million dollar idea. Social media, you have to pay for. Yeah, and but they won't pay. because they have social media. They don't and have, have it for pay free. For. They have Facebook yeah. where they can go on these long tirades using way too many words and way too many ellipses. And people actually right. listen 
and, and like, garner attention me. and conversation that they don't deserve. Yeah, like well, this. I heard that's because people are neurodivergent. I'm not sure what that means. I need to Google it. But that's I saw a post that said neurodivergent people use a lot of ellipses. And I'm like, okay, I thought it just meant we do. And I do it too. But I'm just like, I thought it meant I just didn't think real hard when I before I posted this. Right. There's more I'm I should writing say, it on but the fly. I'm not going <laughs> to put the effort into completing the sentence. I'm just right. going to move on. Okay. Editing, maybe? Maybe I should edit. I don't so know. Dad got I kicked off more. the uh, stream. And he I'm telling you what, man, this, this internet is not good. Uh, oh, I got What's kicked off a water break, too. Oh, you got kicked um, off water. Oh, no. So was anyway, it mid? Were you mid point or something? Or were you uh, somebody else talking? It just freezes. It just freezes hey, and oh. then cuts off and then it comes right back on again. But I hate that. Well, you I have to think about that. Um, Juwan, now yes, whenever, whenever uh, my son Colin says he hates something, he has to say two things that he likes. So, um, Did I say something? <laughs> Did I say hate? I like, didn't even hear himself. I'm not, <laughs> I like Hershey drops. I'm not supposed to like them, but I really like them because they're going. And uh, Melody made this dip out of it smelled like death when she put it in the food processor. <laughs> <laughs> ricotta, listen, ricotta cheese, feta cheese, and there was a third sour cream. Think about the the aroma yeah. now of that. But she stuck it in a little, uh, like a little serving dish, like a little dip dish, and we had like bagel bites with honey and something else, and it totally transformed everything. But when she put it in there, I was like, what is it bad? It just smelled like bad milk. Like, like she a poured diaper. a whole bunch of bad. <laughs> Why are you putting a diaper in the food processor? Okay. But yeah, it was so, good and I liked it. So, so those are two things. And what was the other one? Hershey, oh, drops. Hershey drops. Okay. What's funny is both you and Colin immediately go to the food. It's all you want. I was going to say you want non-food. Well, well situation. sometimes, but I'll let it slide this time. Next time you mm -hmm. say you hate something. What the only other thing is because I have my father-in-law let me bother borrow an auger. You know what an auger is? It's like a motorized drill. And you can dig holes with it, and it was really it was a lot better than manual stuff. But oh, I got to do that with. I mean, you know what I like? I like a good auger, got good horsepower on there. You can, <laughs> you can. And you don't know have to. You drill down through rock with that thing. You wouldn't have to even use. You know that's that Georgia dirt gets dry and it's like rock. That's what you need. You need an auger. You can't use post hole diggers. They just bounce off, man, like a plate of steel. <laughs> And this is a guy who doesn't think he's an alpha male. Oh, I'm not alpha. Ask him, ask him to list something he likes, and he goes, oh, I like a good auger. I like <laughs> a good 10-horsepower auger. I'm, a, I'm not an alpha male. The ground. I'm a helper male. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. No, so, I every time living out in the country, I start talking about stuff, and you have to you have to get into a southern accent at some point. When you're talking, like, uh, uh, we got a, I got a four-wheeler. Yeah. At a that certain point, I don't care where you're at. That's a, that's a great observation that when you're talking about outdoors, anything in the, in the realm of outdoors has got to be discussed in a southern accent. You can't pronounce a T in hunting. Mm -hmm. That's not Hunt, right. Hunting. Yeah, you've ever been a crowd. Try this next time you're at church. You start. They start because season's coming up around August or September. Just say, hey, uh, uh, when are you guys going to go hunting? Just pronounce the T. <laughs> See what kind of looks you get. Are you trying to say a word? What word is that? Oh, I'm sorry. Hunting. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got the stands up and we got the burlap on there. And got what, do you, what do you need, you gentlemen? Be 
planning on going <laughs> hunting? <laughs> hunting. I don't even think they hunting. do that in England. Yeah, they go, they're like, uh, my good fellow, we've got the beagles, we've got the, the horses, we're going to go fox hunting. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think they still say hunting. Well, that's, that's, a, that's an accurate... The, the southern accent is the only way to talk about outdoor yeah. sports. Fishing, yeah. shooting, oh, swimming, right. you know, farming. <laughs> you got to cut it you short, know, too. I forgot about that. Planting, harvesting. There's no uh, G on those. Everything is southern. Currently, it's southern. It's all southern. Currently, the city of Kokomo is in my backyard uh, digging, <laughs> digging. Digging huge trenches mm-hmm. and putting For in any perturbed. Oh, what was it? Drain tile, like they're drain. It's a drainage something. There's yeah. pipes and stuff they're putting in. Yeah, you forgot to slip into your because yeah, people aren't gonna. Oh. I thought it was just when you go, they're just digging trenches. Digging trenches <laughs> yeah. to put in a. How do you say drain tile? Drain tile. Yeah, <laughs> drain tile. They're gonna. Will you dig? Digging a uh, ditch. I got a drain. I got a thing I go into. I call excited southerner. It's when you get a new piece of equipment, and that and that thing can do something big. So, like, I'm going to get a diesel truck at some point. You got a diesel truck, you can pull your house out of the ground. You can jump, <laughs> pull all the way down the thing. If you need to pull up some asphalt, you put a little boat anchor on there and just rip it right up. It comes up like it's like it's a salmon skin after you steamed it. <laughs> and I, that's how, the thing is, I catch myself in the middle of it. That's that's when I go. I go oh, I'm starting to describe what it can do. Yeah, it's like this yeah. is the, this thing will do a thing that no one ever needs to do. But if right, it, it's always it, yeah. Here's the thing that no one has ever needed to do, and now I got a tool to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like an auger. Mm-hmm. Well, an auger, people do need holes in the ground to put. Do you? There was a. Stuff in. There was a total homeschool moment. <laughs> My daughter's at the dinner table, and uh, I was like, I got to go out there and see if I can get the auger to start. She goes, auger? What is that? And I go, it's like a big drill. You just, you know, it's got a motor on it. You dig a hole in the ground. She goes, I thought that was a Roman priest. <laughs> so, like, the, <laughs> that's what, cause that's, the, that's the history that we just finished in homeschool, and that's what they called them. Oh, and, yeah. Auger. Yeah, yeah, see, <laughs> that's, that's when I went. I even had to stop for a second and go, auger, priest. Oh, yeah. You're right. That oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> no one else would come up with that except for a homeschooler. Nope. You got to know some history. Yep. So, get uh, that. who is this guy and why are we talking to him? <laughs> well, did you not we were, him? No, that's why I was trying to tell you. You got kicked off. We didn't do an intro, but we have oh, to talk what's, about augers, though. Juan's on the podcast, you guys. Do we have accolades? Did I send you my email of all my accolades? Your, uh, what do you call that? Your intro or your. Uh, your writer, like we. Didn't oh, is that on writer. the writer? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we didn't get it, and so on the we comedy writers unit. Yeah. This isn't your first liking. time. You've been on the podcast. This ain't my first rodeo, John. That's you the want? thing. I keep doing them because I haven't gotten in trouble yet. So I'm going to keep doing podcasts until I get in trouble, Let's and then do it this I'm going to lay low for a while. You have are going to have to go a long way if you're going <laughs> to get in trouble on this podcast because <laughs> you are not even the most outrageous person. Oh. Right now on this podcast, I'm much more like. Oh, although today. we might we might do it this time. We might do it this time because Juwan wanted to come on and talk about. Right. <gasps> well, you. I was going to say music. Well, I was going to say you hate worship and you don't want to do it in church anymore. And I was going <laughs> to. I was going to position myself between you and the artists and take did all you, the bullets. And, did uh, you hear what he just said, Peach? <laughs> 
Did you hear he just said? My child is asking. For you snacks. hate worship and you don't want yeah. to do it in church anymore. He doesn't that like would... worship music, and I was gonna, oh. I was gonna be for worship music. He's gonna be against well, it. Well, if that's true, he's gonna have to give us two things that he likes. <laughs> do you hate church worship of... music, Dad? Uh, is it Church uh, of Christ? I was, I was actually just assigned a position by Juan yeah. Vivo right. that I do not necessarily <laughs> hold. Okay, um, well, then you don't have to come up with two things you like. So I, I'm, I guess I'm not clear on what it is that you wanted to discuss. You wanted to oh, discuss me? worship music or co- uh, contemporary Christian music in general. Oh, we can or, be, yeah, we can be broad like that. I was gonna see because uh, I've heard you talking a couple times on a couple other podcasts where people are, let's just say, dissatisfied with the current, the current state of affairs. Mostly church right. music. We can we can center on church music. What you guys do in church, mm-hmm. and uh, and that kind of thing. I was going to maybe be on the artist side of things because I do understand. But then I also maybe bring my two cents worth into things, you know. Uh, It's invaluable. On the artist side, those of you who don't know, uh, Juwanda Vivo plays (laughs) guitar for Casting Crowns. Yeah, we should say that because nobody knows anybody in the band. They know Casting Crowns. Yeah. Well, if you ask. Yeah, he actually, uh, you'll see him on the right hand side playing the guitar. Well, it's stage left. Stage but left. Right. That's why. Yeah, right that's why I always. <laughs> right, but if you're, if you're backstage, he's going to be on the left. But yes. if you're backstage, you probably know who he is, well, right? If you're in theater, then you know that left stage, stage left, you know, you know what that means. And you're going to look on the okay. right side, no, and but then you're not everybody. See him. Every I, I've been in theater. I always and I forget. I never say stage left or stage right because I can't remember which one. <laughs> when I, you're I, on the stage about. facing the audience, it's on the left. But all, the one I get confused is downstage is forward, right? Yep. And upstage is back. That's when yep. if somebody upstages you, yep. it's like they're behind you going, doing all the goofy yes. stuff. That's right. You That's why I just said, <laughs> okay. if you're at a Casting Crowns concert, he's going to be on the right because <laughs> I assume yes. that they would be out in the audience. And I'm sorry um, if you've been put well, there if you buy tickets and you're just on my side. And the reason that it's called <laughs> – you know why it's called downstage and upstage too is because literally – It's slanted. It's slanted. Right? So you just – the, well, it's supposed to be. So maybe yours isn't, but <laughs> no, hard. not anymore. <laughs> There's too many people. That, like, I feel like the drums would roll off if we slanted. It's not a severe slant, is it? <laughs> no, no. It was meant for like uh, helped you project. I guess it was a sound thing, right? Well, that I can't. and like like to, so that you could still see what was going on back in the back in the upstage upstage. You can see what's Go going upstage, on upstage. Yeah. <laughs> if, it was, if you had, you know, short actors but, but, and actresses. But if somebody upstages you, oh, yeah. don't they get in front of you and no. block your? No, they stand behind you where you're... you can't see them, and they're acting a fool, and they're distracting yeah. the audience, and you're doing your thing, and you're like, "What is happaning? Why am I not able to get the attention?" I'm being upstage. Yeah, basically, ninety percent of the airplane movies and uh, and Naked Gun movies. Yeah. That's it's stuff that's happening. If they're saying anything serious, there's something going on back there. Something crazy is going on back there, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Well, is that that's not that's what our we position about? Anyway, that care. relates to worship music because <laughs> worship music happens I, on the stage. Okay. Yeah, as a stage. I am not. What a nice segue. I saved it. <laughs> I, I am not anti-worship, and I am not anti-music yeah. at at all. But worship music. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna say some but I'm anti-worship music. Praise music. music? Can we just we'll, that way? Let's worship call it music. Praise. I think well, we, we got, need to define what we mean. Well, I was by gonna say music. we we need a frame of reference because anybody, anytime somebody goes, uh, 
like uh, with food. Food is a thing, or movies. Food is a thing because you're like, oh, uh, I hate hot dogs. Hot dogs are the worst. And I'll go, okay, well, what's your favorite food? And they're like, oh, uh, um, sloppy joes. And you're like, oh, you're okay. That's where right. you're at. So now you can't <laughs> trust that person. So I was gonna say. <laughs> I was like, I hate filet mignon. What's your, okay, well, what's your, like uh, comedies, you know, they go. Oh, well, that's where you're at. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I see where this is coming. So, like, do you have, and I hate to spring this on you, on your own podcast, but, Uh like, I had a couple in mind of really good worship songs, uh, current or of all time, that you may like, that you really, that really speaks to you. Are you asking you, me? I thought I yeah. thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna give a couple of examples. I can give a couple now while you're thinking, because I hate when people spring stuff on me like that. Okay, hey, well, what's your me, favorite song? Yeah. Let Let me say uh, that my my definition of of good praise music or worship music, whatever term you want to use, is that it is uh, in some way uh, edifying to to God, uh, because if you read through. The Psalms, you know, many of the Psalms talk about the greatness of God, the glory of God, our uh, our reverence for God, our gratefulness to God. Those count as well. If, it, if I'm singing about how, how grateful I am for God's blessings, but God should be the focus of the music and not necess- and not not me. Um, and there should be some sort of theological truth. That we're singing it doesn't have to be a deep, <laughs> profound theological yeah. truth, but there should be something theological. So I just like how you were said, like, I just like how you were like, there has to be something. <laughs> just give me something that's right, theological. Some, I just want, just just some, one thing, some substance. And yeah, and, and my complaint with with much of Christian music, with Christian praise music specifically, is that it's just really benign and repetitive and i i there are some people i guess who who equate getting into this you know repeating a mantra like a gregorian chant or something for hours and hours and after and after and they they see some sort of value in that and i guess that's great but i'm i'm not that guy i i get frustrated when it's a line and it isn't even necessarily a line from scripture. It's just a it's just a platitude that gets repeated over and over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. I don't like I don't like bad theology. I don't like <laughs> what? And there's there's a lot of it. There's a lot of, of modern uh, praise music that has the words Jesus and God and glory right. and everything in it, but but it's not it's not good theology. Like um, talk songs that talk about sending the fire down, send the fire down on us, bring the, bring fire down on us. It's like if you go through the Old Testament, there's when fire came down. It was never it was never a good thing unless you're gonna unless you're gonna talk about uh, the the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost when it descended as a tongue of fire, whatever right. that is. But you know there there's just but all of that needs to be unpacked. If you're if if we're talking about Pentecost, then there needs to be some reference to Pentecost, you know, and all <laughs> right. of that theology Instead of in like the song. The, the worshippers of Baal, right? Uh, because I, I would right. like to object right there. I actually of course think you would. that most of the time when it refers to fire in the Old Testament, it actually is God doing a 
good in, in consuming thing. It actually accepting says, a sacrifice. Uh -huh. And it says in Deuteronomy that the Lord is the Lord your God is a consuming fire and that the Lord your God will go before you a devouring and consuming fire. Um, right, but you don't want him to send a fire down on you. Right? You don't want to be you don't want to be on well, the altar when he's like you that said, fire I down. think like you said, I think that's a reference to Acts two, but like also like you said, it's like let's let's can we let's get some more of that. Tell me more. Don't yeah, let's not like yeah, let's not leave it that way. I I wanna say that well, one thing, one question. The first question is would you chalk that up to denominational differences? Because here's the thing. They don't tell you, like when you listen to worship music or when, you're, when your praise team sings it, they don't go, uh, the next song is from a uh, charismatic church, or this is from a Pentecostal church, and this is what they believe. They just <laughs> sing the song, right? They don't give, there's not like a, a disclaimer, because I'm Baptist. I'll come out and say it. I'm not afraid. I'm a Baptist. <laughs> we're not as male. We're not, <laughs> dang it. Uh, I was like, I'm ruining my reputation as a as a weakling. No, uh, they don't. There's no disclaimer to tell you because uh, we've sung we've sung songs from charismatic churches. I really don't want to be specific on on things. Just I don't want to call anybody out on this because I want to talk about ideas more than more than lyrics specifically. Right. But um, right. But yeah, you don't get disclaimers. You just sing it, and if your church agrees. With that other church, you don't know, and if it doesn't agree with that other church on everything, you don't know that either. So, the when you're talking about being repetitive or something like that, do you think that's more denominational, or do you think that's a, a characteristic well, I, of? I think what we're seeing, and you you would be able to speak to this better <laughs> than I, is we're not seeing a a bunch of different um, sources for contemporary music, right? The 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 particularly praise music that it's it basically comes from just a very few uh places huh. and i'm uh, um, culturally and then it gets it gets yeah. played on the radio and then and that's what it is but they're they're probably there probably are songwriters scattered throughout christendom who don't get any airplay that we don't know who they oh. are because yeah. they they write music in their little tribe in their little church and and so I'm the, the there's no the, the, there's just a very few sources. And when you've got two or three sources that are gigantic sources that are producing virtually all of the music that gets sung in churches, then what happens is the denominationalism goes away. And now the doctrine becomes those few sources of music that's right. where that's where our theology is coming from we're I, learning it from the people who are writing the music i that's why i like to compare it to food and i think that this is akin to um eating like mcdonald's cheeseburgers you know seven days a week or something like that now there are people who are like oh mcdonald's is completely bad for you and if you ever put a chicken nugget in your mouth ever you probably are going to die because it's poison. It's literally toxic. You should have nothing to do with McDonald's ever. I don't go that far. I think that there's, <laughs> I think that there's a, a pro, you know, there's a benefit to fast food in that it's convenient and it's, I mean, it will fill you up for that meal. There's calories there and everybody needs calories to survive. And, and it tastes good. Like there are lots of things that we can get from our beloved fast food restaurants that just that tastes good and there's a time and a place to enjoy 
something just for the sheer taste of it. Yeah. If it didn't taste good, yeah. they wouldn't have sold billions and billions and billions. <laughs> Amanda ever. McKinney, the fast food ecumenicalist. Correct. <laughs> However, can't we all just eating us all together? Right? <laughs> However, oh. you do need a variety. You need a palate that is that experiences a wide variety of flavors, or you're going to become very one note. And there is a problem if the only thing you will eat is a McDonald's cheeseburger. And so that's uh -oh. what we have now is this like gorging ourselves on this one kind of flavor. And the same people, ironically, the same people who would never be caught dead giving their kids a happy meal are taking them to church every week and, and VBS and, you know, church camp and um, conferences, youth conferences in the fall and, you know, concerts in the summer. And they're just feeding them loads and loads and loads of this, what, of what becomes junk food after a while. Instead of a treat, you know, which which has its place, it's now the dominant place that people are getting their their calories. And so Yeah. Um so How do you do fat. such good analogies? Do you like sit around thinking about it or do you be like I did not Did you just do that, that now? Well, I adapted oh. I ad adapted it from what I heard about literature from N.D. Wilson, Nate Wilson. Oh. He's an author okay. and, and was talking about he's got a podcast called um yeah. Stories are soul food. He talks about how you as parents can be introducing your kids to different literature and how do you decide which things you should, you know, encourage your kids to read and how do you decide which things are trash. And he said there are some things that are poisonous. I mean, there are some bits of literature, some stories that, that actually you should not consume in even small quantities. But those are fairly few and far between. What you really have more of a danger <clears throat> of, according to him, is you know getting a kid who just develops this taste for one genre, and the only thing they will read is you know Star Wars, for example, which is where my macaroni yeah. and cheese. Right. Yep. Only eat right. macaroni and cheese. And he said Crud. the problem is that that means that makes them uh, it, they don't have a very well developed sense of taste. Like yeah. they're not refined. You can't be cultured if the only thing that you will put inside. Your mouth is a chicken nugget, you know. And so you want, I mean, there's a time and a place for candy. There's a time and a place for Cheetos, you know. And it's not a problem if your kid enjoys those sometimes. But if the only thing they will ever read is action novels, then they need to learn to appreciate right. poetry. And they need to learn Man. to, you know, find some some sci-fi or some historic fiction that they can appreciate. Here's the, here's the trouble. Like, I really love some, some of the guys. I've listened to some guys that study for like a month and then they'll do a, a live YouTube thing and they'll lay out everything in the order of importance. Every time I try to talk about something serious, I think about like 10 different things, but I cannot prioritize them in order of – so like that's one thing. <laughs> the larger thing of the culture is that we we really don't we really don't want to dive into a good story. Well, we'd, like you said, we're, we're, you got one fandom that you belong to and you're fine with it. You don't want to branch out. You know anything about – I've heard somebody refer to it as two-dimensionalism. You're just kind of – you just think of things in this way and not not up and down too. So back and forth. I need to remember this is audio. Back and forth, up and down. But um, <laughs> that is one thing. We were talking about something after SKUs too about how people don't want to take the time. We were talking about child raising, but it's like anything that takes time that you have to put forth effort. Like right now, <laughs> we got chickens and like we're like, oh, you just – 
throw them some food and they'll give you eggs. And there's like, no, sometimes they start pecking at each other and then you got to isolate one so that they heal. But then when you put them back, then they won't accept her into the flock. And then you got to like, make sure they, well, then we got to make sure they're, they're free ranging a little bit so they don't get bored. And um, then they're, oh no, there's mites in there. So we got to spread. So there's t constantly, we're constantly taking care of them. And there's a lot of stuff that we didn't think of, but I'm accepting it. Cause like you said, there's, there's thing you have to, you got to appreciate things that are hard and things that are not not so easy. Oh, but that's where time I've doesn't spent, like shoveling food bite by bite into my six year old's mouth, and I did it with the other two who are older than she is too for a long time. Because at dinner time we put a plate in front of her, and she will she will eat nothing except the bread. Like she will pick at the roll, she will pick at yeah. the potatoes. You know, she'll pick at the French fries. She will not eat protein without a fight at all. Like, I have to physically force her. And we've had conversations about why it matters. You know, I'm like, yeah. you can actually get sick. You literally can get sick in your body because the only thing that you want to eat is carbohydrate. You know, yeah. she'll eat goldfish and, so, and cereal. That's it. Yeah. So in the church, at least, and I try to tell people this and my kids, is no matter what it is, we talk about all of them because that's another thing that's this is worldwide. It's not just like just music. Uh, if you have a talent, let's say your talent is speaking. And you're in the church, you'll you'll get like if you want to say promoted, but you'll teach life group or maybe they'll let you speak on Sunday or something, and they won't even think about how deep you are or how much studying you've had. You're just really good, so let's just throw you up there, and you don't have any. Yeah. You have zero root, right? It, and yeah. um, there's some people right. who have made lots of money on books, and yep. we found out that they are not even Christians. Well, They're just right. really good at writing. And stuff. there are people who really do a great job writing catchy songs or like they play you know they play the keyboard really really well in a in a way that like you oh i've seen this um series on youtube lately where this guy reacts to christian music he's an atheist and so he titles all of his videos atheist reacts to you know oceans the, the song uh -huh. or atheist reacts to uh ten thousand reasons you know or whatever yeah um, and free thinker does a thing that literally everyone else on the internet is doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sure. Well, right. there's, okay. there's that element, but like, <laughs> he'll like listen from a, from a musician's perspective and he'll be like, Oh okay. yeah, that's like a really listen, listen to the way the drums are building or, Oh, this is just really great. Everything about this song is crafted for, you know, maximum listening pleasure. He's like, it's really great. I really love that key. I love that chord progression. Oh, I love this, you know, whatever. I love that key change. Um, and so he's like appreciating the art of it. And I don't want to begrudge those Christian artists who actually are good at building a tasty cheeseburger. You know, I'm just saying that we as the consumers need to have some self-control here. Like we need to ask ourselves <laughs> how much cheeseburger really should we be consuming? So, on a weekly yeah, basis? this is one of the 10 things because I was wondering about this, too. And this is not this may be off subject, but like before recorded music. You had to go somewhere or you had to know somebody mm -hmm. to get music. <laughs> like if you wanted to hear music, you had to like travel either and in, go into town and go see a, you know, a orchestra or there had to be somebody in your village that could play the lute or something. <laughs> You're like, let's get Nigel on the lute, that yes. kind of thing. Yes. So, and it didn't even have to be that good. You just heard music and it was, it was pleasant. You oh, know, I you know. didn't know. Uh, Laura Ingalls, you didn't have your own lute. Laura yeah. Ingalls Wilder, when she was still Laura Ingalls, oh, yeah, Paul Ingalls loved yeah. Pa's violin. How good could Pa have really been on the I don't violin? know. He spent like 16 hours a day hunting bear and stuff. Like, hunting. Yeah. Hunting. hunting. Sorry, I had yeah. too much hunting. tea. Yeah. 
hunting bear. He yeah. probably wasn't good at fiddling because he was better at hunting than farming. <laughs> well, but, but they loved that's it. Like every digging. night, they're like, play for us, Pa. Play for yep. us. Yeah. So that's a did. thing about, you know, consumption as a part of it. So, and then there's, there's a discussion we have about art and that kind of thing. <laughs> so it, that's what I'm saying is all these things are swimming around in my head. But uh, like you said, though, I think maybe we could focus on that is that um, two things. Well, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to encourage some people out loud in case we have them. One is I heard uh, Corey Cooper. I was listening to her with uh, with John from Skillet. They're both in Skillet. Yep. And they were talking to Alicia Childers, and they were talking about music. And she said, uh, when I knew I was going to be on stage, you know, singing and telling people things, I decided to get a theology degree. She right. went and got a degree. Because Alicia Childers was part of Zoe Girl. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And uh, but but Corey specifically, she said I went and got a, a theology degree so I could I could be studied so that when I said something from stage, I thought, wow, if only we all, if we only we all took that uh, that kind of that weight, if we only took that weight of responsibility of I'm going to say something on this stage that I'm going to be held accountable for. So I need to make sure you know it's coming from somewhere. So yep. that's a thing, and I, I really, but also, but like we're talking about songs, I wanted to point out a couple of songs in particular because we toured with Hillsong United, and it was kind of the, around the the era where we were like, man, really, really cool to have like theology, more theology in our songs. And they they sang a song from stage like first night. It was called it's called King of Kings. And it talks about creation, then Christ dying on the cross, then the Holy Spirit coming in the birth of the church. It's like a it's like a history, church history lesson. And I love it so much. And then there was another one uh, by We Are Messengers called uh, Kind of God You Are, or is it God, The Kind of God You Are, I think. And that's that's one I was just sitting to listen to every night. And I'd, I think I heard it for the third time and went, oh, my gosh, that's all Scripture. <laughs> he put even a ton of Scripture in there. So that's, that's what we're saying as Christians is, we we're hungry i guess we're hungry for for the bible we're hungry for truth and um and we and there's you can get uh you can get excited at any concert if the music's good enough right if you're into the music you can get really excited and walk out of there and then by the time you turn on your ignition you're feeling the same way you were before you got to the concert so we feel like i think what we're saying is there's a responsibility for worship music to be like the Psalms in that you walk away knowing something about God or having having a, a, a communed with God at some point. I would agree. I would agree uh, that that yeah, there should be some investment, uh, emotional, intellectual on our part. Uh, but at the same time, I think that we uh, oftentimes get spend too much time worrying about about our feelings during worship you know and and, and concentrating on how ah oh, i just i didn't really feel moved i didn't really feel i didn't have the emotional <laughs> high that i was hoping i would get from being in the presence of the lord and it's like yeah you're you're just supposed to worship you're just supposed to to yeah render, well could the same be said if you worship Yep. Yeah, could the same be said if you didn't feel like you were theologically challenged? Through, <laughs> like you could say, if somebody is saying, "I didn't feel, I didn't feel happy during that song," well, that's one thing. But then also, I don't, I didn't feel intellectually stimulated. Or I didn't think I got deep enough on that song. That's kind of the, is that the same? 
Well, it, yeah, and and, and people here, do that. People do that. People say they say the same thing when the sermon comes around. They go, "Well, I didn't feel like that was very uh, deep. I didn't feel like I got anything from it." But that it's the same. It's the same problem. It's yeah, it's, different ditch. It's thinking about what I am getting from the from the experience versus what I'm giving to the experience, and I that's. Uh, it, it's it's really okay. difficult to know what what a person's. This is why we're not supposed to judge each other's motives because we don't know. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. But if well, you're, you know, if you, you're giving, if you're giving in the service, um, if you have something to do in the service, you play music, you know, a lot. You're you're and and your experience at a casting crowns conference is different. You have different expectations. For what's going to happen at that concert than the people who are attending the concert have. It, the people are intending to get something from you, but you are intending to give something when you go to a concert. Right. You you don't walk off the stage and go, oh, and that audience, I didn't get, I didn't feel like they really loved us. I didn't feel okay. like they were like they responded, you know, like <laughs> that, they should that have. Does, that does happen though. We'll, we'll walk off, yeah, walk off and go, sheesh, those guys. No, but I was, you brought, you bring up a pretty good point though. Cause it's like uh, you bring up, so there's at least from what I heard, what you're saying, there's two responsibilities. There's that of the worship leader uh, and the people making the, making the music, um, what they want to. But then you said when a person comes to, comes to the service or comes to worship God, that they should be doing something what, regardless of what the music is doing. So they're supposed to be doing something, but also the worship leaders are supposed to be. So, uh, what do you think the worship leader responsibility is? Because like you said, we're giving, but also there's there's more than that. There's more to it than that, I guess what you're saying. Because the music that you the, the criteria you gave for the music was, you know, that it's uh, exhorting God, it's giving praise to God, and also uh, some kind of truth about him that we can take away, right? Right. So uh, what's my question? <laughs> Yeah, what do you do you say? Yeah, let's let's focus on the worship leaders then and tell me. I think that their job, I don't think that they are different or separate from the rest of the congregation. I think that we have we have created a distinction Ooh. between the worship leaders and the rest of us. And that's part of the problem with, with our worship service, is that we're not really doing corporate worship. We're not really all worshiping together. It's in, in many churches. It's become a concert. It's become, is that on the worship leader though? No, no. Well, it depends. If, yeah, if, that's true. It is on the worship leader if if he or she is not letting the congregation know, hey, this is what we're doing. You guys seem to think that because I'm the one up here with the instrument singing into a microphone that that you can sit back and do nothing. But your support, we are worshiping together. We are we are worshiping together, and yeah. and there's a. You know, I don't want to tell people how to specifically do it, but we have right. Yeah, we're we're in an age now. We are we are with with technology and all of the all the screens and the lights and fog machines and all of that. Where I think quiet. for the sake of of communicating how. To, to individuals, we're talking to to individual uh, Christian people and trying to teach them what worship looks like. Um, we're not doing a great job. We're, we are we are demonstrating Ooh. that there's a lot of professional musicians who have got great voices and a lot of talent that God has given them, 
And there's no question about that. But as far as me sitting in the audience, learning how to how to worship, that doesn't happen in in a lot of the modern worship Man, experiences. You're hitting on so much stuff too. I just like the idea of a worship leader going. <laughs> whenever you're talking about uh, the uh, the worship the the congregation coming in and putting the worship leader on the pedestal and the worship leader going, how dare you? Like uh, Greta Thornburg up there. How dare you put me on the pedestal? But no, we do have a, I do. I like that. Cause I've learned, a, luckily I just got off a podcast talking about worship. So I'm kind of prepared for this, but did some notes, but uh, the um, man, there is a, there's a responsibility on the worship leader. I believe, you know, when James says not all of us should presume to teach, Right. I think the worship leader is a teacher. I think that's what you are. Uh, that's why you're there. Why would you? Why would you consider yourself a leader? To what are you leading then? Yeah. If right. you if you're going to if you're going to worship, and you're going to bring presumably bring all the congregation with you because what's the point if you don't if you're leaving if you're letting all those people just kind of sit out there and watch you do your thing? That's either you're a rock star or you're like a hermit, and neither one is needed in the church you yeah. just go away what if so, worship leaders like actually did it more like choir teachers did do in high schools like, would that make for a little that would be a little i would say staccato which is a it's a musical term and it means that you're just plunking them the notes but there is a thing for flow there's something to be said for flow if you're like okay you guys on this section you sing this note La, la, la. Right. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, well, like to start off, leading them until in parts. You actually, until you actually are able to sing as a whole congregation that in a way that you wouldn't need that. But yeah, if you have to practice, you see it as practicing first and then and then being able to worship together, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure you have to go through together. that. I've, I've had the privilege, and I want to brag on Mark for a little bit. Mark Hall, before we were ever crowned, I watched him lead worship with teenagers and so he would sing two songs, and then we'd go, okay. And he would do a little, it, we called it prayer time, but it, he would just, he'd say, you know, if something has stuck out to you or if God's leaning on your heart or something like that, let's be quiet for a second. And then right. he would lead them in prayer, and he would say, here's what worship is. Every night, every Wednesday night, there'd be a little bit more of, here's what we're, what, he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't say the literal, here's what worship is, but it's like, when we come to God, when we do these things, here's what your, you know, God wants to hear this from you. He wants to, he wants right. to talk to you, and he's talking to you right now, and you may not hear it, and that kind of thing. So then the way he would, so that, I really got a lot from that, because I feel like at, from the stage, like you're saying, really easy to make an awesome, cool worship set and then go sit down or go, you know, some churches, they go back in the green room and, uh, you know, goof around in there while the sermon's playing. That's what playing they do in my TV. church. Are you serious? <laughs> they don't come out in the, okay. Well, they, don't come I, out for my, they don't come out for my part. They, I didn't they come to admonish, but I will encourage anybody, if you listen to this and you go back and you're in the worship team and you go backstage and you're not listening to the sermon, like John said, you're part of the body. Yeah. So yeah, we have done that. I'm glad that's you brought a up Mark because I was gonna I was gonna bring up casting crowns, and it's not just because you are a member of Casting Crowns, but if you go to a Casting Crowns concert, um, and I've been to a number of them, there is not this feeling that they're up there on stage and they're performing, and the rest of us are are 
are little people. I mean, a Captain <laughs> Crowns does it, and and, and you it's because we barely move around. Well, it, that's <laughs> no part jumping. of it. No, that actually knows. is part of it. There, there's a there's a lack of pretentiousness <laughs> in in the Casting Crowns uh, group, and it may be it, what you've just described as Mark's you know history of of leading worship. It, it comes through, but I don't feel like <clears throat> I don't feel like uh, a Crowns concert. I think a Crowns concert is closer to the way worship is supposed to be than most than many churches do it. Um, because for one, the music is pitched in, in such oh, a way. Singable that, key. We yeah, can talk about practical stuff too. That's another, the other average ad, person yeah. can, the average person can sing it. And there are a number of worship bands that I have listened to. I've been to a lot of churches, a lot of church, And it's like no dude on the planet <laughs> can sing this. You just can't. And yeah. And, and then and there's a lot of extra stuff. You know, the words are up on the screen, but they're throwing in all these extra little things and these little bridges and la la la's and instrumentations. And none of that is helping the rest of us worship, which is what you are supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's Unless a big deal. You come right out and say, "We're having a concert. You guys just shut up and listen." You know, then that's okay. But they never say that. They always they always get a little bit annoyed. It's like, come on, stand up, raise your hands. Don't you love Jesus? It's like, Why are you well, worshiping? I do, but I don't know where you're going. I don't yeah. know what. Don't know oh what man, this. you bring it. Oh man, what a good point. Because yeah, we do that. We do a thing called a uh, Crowns Church. We used to go to on Sundays for a while, like when we first started touring. If we were on the road on Sunday, we're like, hey, let's go see a church. And we stopped into so many. We had so many weird. Uh, so many weird encounters that we were like, let's just do church. We'll do church and catering. We'll do our own church, church with our people. <laughs> so one time the lady was saying uh, that song, uh, what if God was one of us in a church yeah. service? Alanis it was kind of like the special. <laughs> yeah. It was supposed to be like a poignant a thing. And set. I was like, are we really going with it? And the, the pastor never addressed it. No. I think his take on it was, you know, where Jesus said, if you give a cup of water to the least of these kind of thing. But anyway, I think it's a weird. I think it's a weird thing of making God human instead of instead of the other way around. Instead of exalting Him. Anyway, he brings a good point because uh, uh, when you're doing something as a worship pastor, you think something is really cool to do, but then you leave. You don't want to leave the congregation. And I don't. I never thought about that. Where he talked about. We'll probably get John back in a second. I guess. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah, notice. I was listening he, to you and he's just, paying attention. No, he's but, frozen again. But. He talked, John talked about a thing that uh, I didn't think about was that uh, like an extra bridge or something. If they don't tell you they're doing that, right. then I could see well, as a person singing in the crowd, you go, oh, oh right. what's That's going what on? That's what I mean by treating it like it's more of a choir director thing than like a concert. Like if you get in a frame of mind like you're a teacher, which is what you were saying before, um, or you're a choir director, then yeah, your job is more you're bringing people with you and it's your job to to help them learn <laughs> where you're going next and so yeah if that means that you actually literally separate the sopranos altos and basses i don't know maybe in some settings that would be appropriate well, um, dietrich bonhoeffer didn't think you should sing in harmony he thought that gave too much uh really? rise to perf to personal like like uh bringing attention to yourself oh. if you sing in harmony 
I disagree with him on that. I think there's really beautiful stuff in harmonies. And you if you can, do it. Bonhoeffer? I disagree with Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Make well, that a sound bite. Well, if he right. was leading yeah, in his congregation and in whatever way he chose to do that, then I still have respect for him. Right, right, right. Let yeah, me yeah. tell you. Let me tell That's you why John to... said, yeah, he didn't want to tell you how to do it, but there are no. criteria. I don't sure. want to tell you how to do it, but I do. I do think that we need to be able to make a case for worship to the average Christian person. I think we need to be able to say, um, here's why you should not, uh, you should not intentionally delay your arrival at church so that you miss the song service, which, um, which we have a number of people that do. Uh, we have a number of people who don't come in until after the song service is that because of style or they don't they just don't like the music or it's it's probably a number oh, of, it's, of it's because they don't reasons. like mcdonald's and right. in that case they need to be told like family dinner is not optional you come to the table even right. if you don't like what i put on your plate, yeah little six-year-old it's safe to say that probably happens your face. <laughs> yeah sorry right. it's probably safe to say that happens everywhere well that's There's my that's my the point is there there are people who who think that that a church that participation in church services is an a la carte thing it's like you just go and you take the things that you like and, and you don't you know Ooh. you skip the stuff that you don't like and it's not the worship experience is it's a fellowship and it is intended to be if i'm not getting something out of this particular moment that means i must be supposed to be giving something <laughs> and um and if i'm if I am disenfranchised to the point where I stop coming um, for all of the reasons that I've heard, then uh, that's a problem. And that is, that's my problem. It's not, I, <laughs> it's not the worship leader's problem. It's not the pastor's problem. It's not leadership. Yeah, yeah. Now their, their way of handling me when I do that is their problem. And some of them are not mature and they're not doing a good job of, of shepherding. You know, with when my when my selfishness takes over, but if I'm if I'm unhappy with the worship service, that's not a good enough reason to stop participating in the worship service. See, I thought you were gonna take the worship leaders to task, and you're <laughs> going after the congregation. <laughs> well, the, the worship leaders are part of the congregation. That's my point. Oh man, we're all. It's, That's it's, a whole podcast right there. Yeah, it's our fault. That, and leadership is, staff is part of the congregation. At least they should be. If you're going to a church where the staff only puts in Monday through Friday and you never see them on Sunday, that's messed up. That's not the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> you're not supposed yeah. to work at church and, right, and then right. not show up on Sunday. <laughs> work at church. Oh, my yeah. gosh. This, you got so many podcasts here. Uh, maybe we sh maybe we picked too broad a broad a subject, but this always happens you, with you. <laughs> I just picked too broad of a subject. We, we would still be mm. talking about augers and whether you're alpha male. If I hadn't, oh yeah, probably. Well, you got an alpha male back there. Got a shirt off. <laughs> no man, gosh, because there's that is a big deal. If you're a, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a worship leader and you don't think you're part of the congregation when you're that's a that's a thing you need to pray about. You need to um, fast and pray and go. We need to. But oh, the other thing I was going to say too is that um, 
because you, you made me think of something that absolutely anything that's why you're i think this is one of the reasons why you're shying away from specific stuff is because anything you do can be a can be an idol right it's like you we talk about the big the big production the big lights and fog machines and stuff can be an idol but also you're like we don't do that stuff we we just get an acoustic guitar and we but that's still that still could be an idol just because you're doing it simply right doesn't mean that the music style is what's taking precedence over your worshiping God. Well, and on the other side moment. of the coin too, anything it's can true. be an act of worship provided it's not expressly prohibited in scripture, of course, but like, <laughs> like I've had this anything conversation is worship with now, my yeah. kids. Like, Prostitution! We... <laughs> <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have said that. I was just leaving the door open for all the examples of things that are not acts of worship. But, but like people, uh, my kids and I have been talking about like, is it worship when you know cammy bakes a, a batch of cookies which is what she's doing right now can it be worship yes, sir. To go to the ymca to take a dance class even though the dance class includes some songs that are secular songs that are not that are expressly not worship songs and probably even i would say the artists who wrote those songs are probably going to be standing in judgment before their creator someday like can we still use our bodies to glorify God despite what another person was using to glorify themselves. And I think that you can. I think there are a lot of painters and a lot of sculptors and a lot of musicians yeah. who have put out art that is not that was not intended to be used for God's glory that we can still actually use as yeah, part man. of our worship. And so that's why it's hard it. to be specific because on the one hand you don't want to say, oh you're good as long as you do this, because like you said, you can make an idol out of whatever this is but also you don't want to say oh you can't go over here and do that because you can also make that into an act of worship depending on what that is it yep. takes because i was going to talk about because we yeah we talk about uh depth theological depth and that kind of thing because i've uh personally because somebody's asked me to come to their church and talk to their worship team and stuff which i like doing i like teaching and stuff and sharing what i know i went to so i grew up baptist and every Prayer was extemporaneous, which means, you know, you have to come up with it off the top of your head. And uh, even, I think it was even a little weird to them if you decided to pray the Lord's Prayer. They'd be like, what? are you Catholic? What's going on? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Jesus told us to pray like this. This came out of Christ's mouth himself. Anyway, right. but I went, I went to, I like old stuff. I was telling somebody this too. So C.S. Lewis talked about chronological snobbery, which is like, just because it's new, then it's automatically good. I'm like the opposite. I don't like new stuff because it's new. I like old stuff because it's old. So I'm a snob, but I'm like, if it's idolatry. got, <laughs> yeah, if it's got dust on it and it's ancient, then I'm like, oh, this is good. And but it's not, that's not necessarily true. In fact, the further back you go with the writers, the the weirder theology it gets. That's why. Oh, I was going to tell you. Uh, one of my friends got into uh, Francis Chan wrote a book about the church letters, the first church. And he was like, man, if we could just go back to that first century, when do you get back to that first century Christianity? And I was like, bro, it took us 300 years just to figure out the right thing about Christ and the right thing about the Trinity. There was a lot of fight. How about we start with third century Christianity? I think it was pretty cool right there. But uh, that's the thing, though, is like because I went to went to England, I bought a book of common prayer and really learned how they incorporate everything if you're not at a church and you're kind of just doing a, an Anglican like a morning prayer or something, it's Every, it's just the whole thing is scripture. All you're doing is reading scripture the entire time. So you're mm -hmm. getting theology 
back and forth. Nobody's opinion. Nobody's there's no there's no pastor there to inject his mm-hmm. his two cents on it. It's pure and unfiltered scripture. So right. uh, that though can be a thing that so like if I went in there and if I brought this to my church and went, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to do things. And but but if I'm not doing it in the thought of that I'm getting close, like you said, to be closer to God or to commune with God. If I just know this is the thing we need to do and I, and this is the, theology for theology's sake right. is an idol. That's idolatry. It was theology to understand God, to make room for God in, inside. Like, uh, gosh, Augustine prayed, enlarge the, the room in my heart so I can fit more of you in there. So right. that's a paraphrase. <laughs> I'm sure he did it in Latin, but, uh, uh, Man, so that's the thing. I think we get into these fads. We, the the worship, the church culture that we have, at least in this country, is there's there's fads. I joke about like all percussion. We used to have the djembe, and now it's the cajon, and now people don't like that anymore. If you get up on the stage with the cajon, they'd be like, "What are you from the early two thousands? Even the acoustic guitars. There's acoustic guitars that come into fashion. And uh, right now the tailors are making a comeback. If you guys know anything about that, but that's the thing we get into fashions. Yeah. Thank goodness. You get into fashions of things. So like I was telling a friend today, it was like, remember when we went through an era where we were making fun of hymns. Then there was like two years where we did nothing but hymns and now they're gone again. (laughs) It was Mm -hmm. like, we were doing all hymns in church, just kind of rebranded. We put the, we put new fenders on them and stuff. And we, we sang them in church and it was like, Whoa, what, did we do this anymore? <laughs> so well, our abandoning the hymns in the eighties, late seventies and early eighties, when when Christian contemporary Christian music was becoming a thing, where it's, it's like you know, see Christians could rock too. There's no sin in that, <laughs> and I and I certainly agree with yeah. that. It's not the it's not the music, but but that is a form of chronological snobbery as well. Well, we the like, rocking looking back at the at the hymns, and we were going, oh, that is so. Right. So outdated well, and, and so outmoded. What if, what if it's wrong to eat all of one kind, regardless yep. of which it is? What if, what if it's like somebody saying, "Look, I know how to, I know how to bake bread. I've been doing nothing but, you know, I've been doing meats all this time, and I just discovered I know how to bake bread." And like, that is great. <laughs> I am glad for that in all sincerity. But you cannot just eat bread and now forget everything that you know about. Protein. And I'll yep. never eat meat again. I'm never gonna have to make any vegetable dishes. Side dishes are a thing of the past now. Like, <laughs> but to be fair, if you were eating only meat and you discovered bread all of a sudden, there would yeah. be a good week. Yeah, there'd be a good what? week, and there you're like you pancakes and croissants <laughs> and French so toast. So yeah, good. Anyway, you sorry. can even put That's like true. bits of vegetable in the bread, and I know it sounds gross, kind of like your uh, cheese dip. But I promise we've had zucchini bread, yeah. Done well, mm-hmm. it can be very good, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a gosh, that's another podcast. I do the, that's what I'm saying <laughs> is just that concept of let us, let us like broaden your read something else. Somebody, yes. every time there was a joke online, every time somebody would make a reference to Harry Potter, somebody would comment underneath them and be like, read another book, <laughs> just read another book. Then it's not all Harry Potter, although right. there's seven books that covers a lot. So, but that's the, that's the thing, man. I tell people, I try to challenge people to read backwards is what I say. Like, if you like David Platt, let's say you like David Platt, 
Well, in the back of his book, take the book that you like the most. In the back, there's a thing called a bibliography. I don't know if everybody knows this. Yeah. Those are the books that he read in order to write that book. Yep. And so if he speaks to you, that might. So yeah. that's your new reading list. Read those books, and now you're reading backwards. What's funny is I'm now running into problems where I'm reading footnotes or I'm reading bibliographies, and I'm trying to get, like, the first source, obviously— the best first source is always scripture, but like I'm reading, I'm looking now for these obscure titles and I've discovered that I have wandered into like literary no man's land because I've looked up no less than 10 books this week based on reading lists that I've gotten from people like chocolate Knox and Jason Farley on. <laughs> oh no. Andy and Wilson. They don't have them. Like my, my library nowhere in like a 60 mile radius can i find most of these books that i've been looking for but right oh you know. yeah a lot of the books that they read like jason farley's books and and probably doug wilson all of those guys who are who read a lot of stuff you go to look up and and a you can't find their book and if you do find their book it's like four hundred dollars to buy a yeah. copy of or 12 volumes yeah, yeah. Or, or like you look up the title and the first hit is like some New York Times bestseller with a similar keyword in the title. And it's like, I don't think I don't that's think that's it. right. But then you look like for more specifics, like they'll give you the subtitle too, which if it was a Puritan who wrote it is like 50 words. And you look for that and it's like, oh, there we are. It, like <laughs> nobody's even heard of this thing. There's, you know, I need to, uh, you, I'm glad you brought that up. Melody found a couple of websites. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but we would find, they're like technically illegal reprints of, yes. <laughs> of old books. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they like basically just Xerox them. So maybe I, you send me a couple of titles. I'll see if I can't. You know, find I should. Them. I will. I will after we're done recording. And There's a whole black library, market. Like, doesn't even have C.S. Lewis's um, words, study in words, or word. I think that's it. It's a study study in and words. criticism. No, it's words, which you know. Uh oh. Yeah, I had never I even heard of it. Add something to my list. Yeah, that's funny that there's a whole black black market homeschool. <laughs> Yep. book book trade we we're meeting in abandoned warehouses and black vans and stuff but um it all was, that it's funny jeff durbin posted a couple of days ago about how he needs to and he was talking to all of us so we need to be careful about getting involved in petty arguments online with with believers rather than focusing on trying to reach lost people and um I think a lot of this, I, I, I think it's a good point. Um, I, Mandy and I haven't had a chance to completely unpack it yet, um, but my, uh, my knee-jerk reaction is that, that there is, I, I would agree that we shouldn't fight with people who are brothers and sisters. Children? The challenge is trying to figure out who the brothers and sisters are, particularly Ooh, if you've got people yeah. in you know, in church who are identifying, well, you know, I'm, I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. A lot, a lot of people claim to follow Jesus. And then, but, but when you start to dig into their theology, and this is where I try to get back to, um, yeah, get, get back to the theology. If their theology is all based, if I can trace their theology back to contemporary Christian worship music, um, that's a person that I'm suspect of. Uh, uh, you know, that's a person that I'm a little bit, okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that you and I believe the same things because right. because your your theology doesn't come from Scripture necessarily. Um, that's not to say that it's wrong, but if everything that I know about Christianity is a song lyric somewhere, um, 
that is potentially problematic. No, yeah. it is problematic. So here's oh. another. Here's on. That's another on the list of a hundred things that I that I notice because there are there are people like you and I and Amanda. We like to dig. We like to learn. We want to. We're looking for books that don't exist for crying out loud. Not everybody likes to do that. They wanna. They want a YouTube. Uh, you know, they're, they want a YouTube Christianity. They want to be able to fit it on a bumper sticker. They need to put it on a meme. And that way I can feel good about this thing instead of, like we were talking about earlier, like digging down. That's I had a friend that, uh, I have a lot of friends, you guys. I have a friend that uh, he, he was talking about problems with society. And he chalked it up to, we're not agrarian anymore. There's not an, we don't farm as much as we used to. And at the time I was like, that's stupid, man. There's no way you're going to tell me because I'm not raising my own corn that I got problems with. But let's think about the things that we you have to do. If you're like, if you have a just a garden, and you're just uh, you have to plant a seed, you got to nurture it, you got to pull out weeds, you got to go out there every day. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes you're sweaty. Sometimes, like in Georgia, it's 300 percent humidity and it's uh, you know 98 degrees out there. Right. So. But that's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about with theology or with the scriptures. Is uh, some people are just like, just tell me what to think, give it to me in a wrapper, yep. and right. I'll eat it on. I'll eat it in the car on the way home. Yep. We are full. <laughs> go back to McDonald's. Yeah. So that's what the preaching has become, hard. and yeah. yeah, that's the preaching has become that the. Right. I'm not saying this happens everywhere, but it does happen because that's what you're saying. Is people are that's where their theology is. Is that they just, um, I just want to, I just want to give me some handles and I'll take this and I'll, I'll put it on top of everything else. And it's not what Christ said. It's what my pastor said. Right. And that's why when a pastor fails or a, or a musician fails, uh, morally, it's so devastating, like wrecks the whole right. world or it wrecks the whole church. And it's like, well, that's, that shows you what that church was built on. That church, that church was built on that person, not right. Well, I do, I do think that we were created musical beings. I think that songs are yeah. powerful. I think, like, music specifically, not just the lyrics, but I think, like, that, that singing and playing instruments, and, like, that's integral yeah. to the human experience for a reason. I've experienced the fact that when you sing with children, they learn faster. Like, it's good for your memory. It's good for your mood. Like, you know, I don't think any of that is an accident. But I do think that we have to reiterate that those who are going to lead us in that worshipful process, they have to see themselves as teachers and they have to see themselves as um, imparters of wisdom. And, and then, you know, it becomes about how the measure of your success is how well are your students doing? You know, are your students learning? Are they growing? Are they becoming more like Christ themselves? Are they, you know, are they wiser now than they were okay. when they first started? You know? That was another thing I wanted to ask you guys, because what do we require? So worship pastors, worship leaders, yes. But so let's broaden that out to like Christian artists who are, you know, when they, the thing you get the most is like, I just, I'm trying to flesh this out or I'm trying to uh, um, deal, um, well, when people take their pain, they're like, I want to just take my pain and make that into a song and that's kind of the thing part of healing for them is to make the music mm -hmm. so do they do they share in that response because there have been artists who have uh faltered on theological issues mm -hmm. that have gotten in trouble for it so i didn't know what you guys felt about this. so it's like do we let people because that's another complaint is that uh the music isn't 
real. We're just talking about flowers and right. and water metaphor. That was I the big. That's the big joke. Water metaphor. Singing about real life stuff. Like I, I think that the Psalms are full of, like, you know, imagery that doesn't necessarily have to do with, with um, worship. Like we would think of it. Like it's just well, you think of like Song of Solomon, for example. <laughs> that's not necessarily written strictly for God. Um, or directed at God. Um, it's just about life, but a particular part of life. Um, and so I, I think, again, that anything can be worshipful. I think that you can, you can sing about, you know, car wrecks, or you can sing about astronomy. You can sing about, you know, you can sing about parenting or being a teacher or whatever. And if, it, if it's real, then it can still be worshipful. What I think is funny is that in the Old Testament, you've got the certain Levites were set apart to play instruments and to lead the congregation in song. Um, but also some Levites were set apart to like fold the tent and like other Levites were supposed to be the official incense mixers. And I'm like, what happened to those? Like, why don't we have an incense pastor? Why do we I, worship worship music so much that we give I them a about pastor, that. but we don't have like the potpourri guy. I thought about that. Do you? Didn't they shift? Didn't they do different shifts? Like oh, yeah. didn't the incense guys yeah, shift? Because they had to keep it burning, and like they had, it was a special formula, and so you had to be trained to know how to make how to mix the mixture. I think yeah. there's something to be said for the fact that maybe your worship team needs to stack chairs or <laughs> whatever. Like they were like so, like our our worship team. We've got enough that we can rotate people. Yep. So like maybe the people who aren't playing this week, maybe they. Go it's see the widows, and you've got, like, like you've got the children's pastor, right. you've got the preaching pastor, several of those usually. You've got the music pastor, but yeah, there's no tent folding pastor, you know, nobody who's like the curtain person who's yeah. responsible for the linens. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for rotating your shit. Like if you think your you think your job is glamorous, go do an unglamorous job. Go well, drive the golf carts next week be part of the, the greeting team the thing is that when you start when you start thinking like that uh it's one thing when the staff and the leadership starts thinking like that because then then the tendency is to start to go okay we have a need in the nursery for example we need more workers in the nursery put your name on the list and then nobody ever goes and puts their name <laughs> on the list. Um, we need more greeters on Sunday morning. There aren't enough people in the greeting ministry. So go put your name on the list. And then nobody goes and puts their name on the list. But <laughs> I, I think that if we communicated rather than, <clears throat> rather than here's the specific need that we, the leadership have seen and you need to fill it. I think what we need to, what would be better would be to, to enable and empower and pray with the people in the congregation and say, okay, what is God telling you that needs to be done? What have you noticed? What, what, uh, what weakness, what hole in our ministry have you noticed that nobody is filling? Um, and why don't you fill that? Because the, the tendency is to go, well, the worship team is full and I don't, I can't sing anyway. So I can't sing and I can't preach. So yeah, I, I can't I do ministry here. Yeah, I don't have anything to do in ministry. And it's, it, and we, we haven't, we haven't talked about the potpourri mixers and the tent folders. <laughs> and, and we haven't said, you know, do you know how to fold a tent? Can you, can you mix potions together and create, you know, can you dip candles? Can you, what can yep. you do? Well, you know, the thing, can you do? 
the thing we used to tell people is uh, when you start complaining about our church, that's you. That's where your auto. That's where your your that's glasses your that you have. That's your ministry. Yep. In yeah. fact, that's the thing I learned. Gosh, I learned so much stuff from Mark. Mark was like, if you get like when I was working with the students, I work with the students with student praise band, and invariably a mom would go, I'm just not getting enough contact. We're not, we're not communicating enough here. He said, when they come back and talk to you, go think, or I think his, actually his wife, thank Melanie told me this, say, Hey, can you, yeah. Can you help me with that? Man, I'm so, thank you for bringing that up. Can you help me with that? Cause right. I really need help. And that obviously I need help in that situation. Right. So that would always, there would be a mom that came up and that the part of that is I have to give part of my ministry away. That's the trouble with that. Some guys, some people don't want to do that. I got to give my ministry away now to this mom so that A, I can communicate better. Right. And B, though, like you just said, you just gave her a, a spot. You gave her something to do. And it makes them, it automatically makes the ministry better, whatever you're doing. But at the same time, too, that can become the thing. You, that's again, that can become the idol. It's like, oh, oh at this church, we serve everywhere. And it's like, yeah, but we are well that's over the thing. An hour, gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing the outro music, and you guys are going to continue talking like this. I know it because this is what we do. But okay, yeah. So you're closing this podcast, all right, Carl? Closing out the episode. Bye, Carl. Carl doesn't get to be privy to all of our friendly chats with our <laughs> friends. Just an hour and twelve minutes is enough, Carl. We solved nothing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I got nothing to add. <laughs> Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.